intentionally producing more than you consume and living with a plan will deliver you a heck of a life, a heck of a future, and a whole lot less stress. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where it's another Money Monday over here. We're going to talk about all things, how to make money, save money, expand your money, and be really good with talking about your money. Today, we're going to have one of those awkward conversations around budgeting. And it, and the whole conversation is based on this one premise. And it's something that I had to learn the hard way several years ago. The premise is this. Are you a consumer or a producer? Are you a consumer or a producer? Now, the answer is you have to be both. It's impossible to be just one or the other. If you're just a consumer and not producing anything, you're going to be broke. And if you're just a producer, not consuming anything, then, well, that's no life to live. But on top of that, it's literally impossible to be a producer if you're not also consuming. And by consuming, I don't just mean products. I mean content. Do you produce more content than you consume? Do you produce more revenue than you spend, aka consume on products? That's what we're really talking about today, striking that balance between being a producer and a consumer. Now, if you're about to stop the podcast and be like, wow, this sounds really basic, don't. Because I'm going to share a couple of quick stories with you, and we're going to go through some example budgets. So if you're one of those people that kind of struggles with, how should I be budgeting my money? especially if you're an entrepreneur and your money is all over the place, like one month you make 10 grand, the next month you make five, the next month you make 20, the next month you make none, then don't worry, I'm going to address that type of rule of thumb budgeting as well. But I really need to start with this really quick story. You see, when I was young, in my late 20s, I had a really great career in banking. And I thought it was going to last forever. And I was young and arrogant, ignorant. Many of you have heard the story. And so I completely overspent. Despite making a ton of money, I completely overspent. And I didn't live on any kind of a budget whatsoever. Now, I know budgets aren't very sexy, but they don't have to be these stringent, restricting things. I thought it did, and I wasn't interested in that. And so I just thought I could always out earn the problem. Or in other words, I always thought I could outproduce the problem. Sure, I'm going to spend a lot of money. Sure, I'm going to have a great lifestyle. But ah, no problem. My bonuses go up every year. I get a promotion every year. And I'm just going to outproduce the amount that I'm consuming. Well, that was a short-lived plan. I mean, it was great for eight or nine years. But then the recession hit. I lost my job, which meant I lost my income. And I was the only real breadwinner in the family at the time. Lori didn't have her career yet. And so I had to come home and tell Lori, babe, we're losing everything. And we got to start over from way below zero and move into this tiny apartment and start with our backs against the wall. But guess what? 
many beautiful things came out of that moment. First of all, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast today without moments like that. We wouldn't be entrepreneurs today without moments like that. We wouldn't have the net worth that we have today without that very moment. And therefore, we wouldn't have the giving ability that we have without that moment. You see, it took that type of moment for me, and I don't want you to have those moments. It took that type of moment for me to realize that, number one, I did need a plan. Number two, it didn't have to be this scary, restricting plan. And number three, money really isn't that complicated if you just let it boil down to these two things. How much are you producing versus how much you're consuming and having a plan to make sure that you are strategically outproducing what you are consuming. Now, here's some great budget examples. And I want to give a disclaimer. These are my opinions of how you should budget. I know Dave Ramsey has his opinions where he wants you to live on grass and rocks until you're a kajillionaire and, and then you're allowed to buy your first new car and you're like 75 years old and you can hardly get in and out of the thing. That's not a lifestyle to me. But I also don't think you should live like the young, arrogant, ignorant, frivolous version of me. And whether you hear this right now and you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, it's not too late to make these simple adjustments that I'm going to give you. Now, the other part of the disclaimer is this. These are just simple adjustments. Like these are, this is a skeleton outline. You're going to have to get more granular than this. But there really is approximately six categories that I'm going to break it down into to make it simple for you. The saving category, the housing category, the driving category, the investing in yourself and the growth category, the category that you live off of, I call it the spending category, and then the giving category. And here's the rough outline for a budget for you. And this outline of a budget is based on your take-home income, not your gross. So, you know, gross is the large paycheck or the large amount that you're bringing in. Net is how much is left over after taxes and expenses. Well, if you're a W-2 employee, that makes this really easy because it's based off of your take-home check, your net check. If you're an entrepreneur, this means, and don't worry, I'm going to share that budget with you in a little while. This also means it's based on your take-home money, but that's going to fluctuate a little bit. So let's start with the people who have what I call measurable steady income. Whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you have a W-2 paycheck, let's start with the people that have a measurable steady income. Now, based on your take-home income, I want you to save the first 10%. See, that's where people get in trouble. They think they're going to save what's left over after they pay for their house and their car and their bills and their dinners out and all that stuff. And guess what? There's never anything left over that's going to amount to anything. So the very first thing you do, even if you're in debt right now, I want you to save the first 10%. Then I don't want you to spend more than 25% of that take-home on your housing. Rent or mortgage doesn't matter. When it comes to driving and transportation, I want you to spend up to but under 15% of that take-home. Then the fourth category is investing in yourself. I want you to invest 10% of your take-home check into growing yourself so that you become a leaner, bigger, badder, stronger income-producing machine. And then the 40% that's left over, that's your spending money. That's what you buy groceries off of, live off of, you know, buy clothes off of, do entertainment off of. And out of that 40%, I'm going to encourage you to give 5 or 10%, to plan giving in. Not to think it's going to happen, 
but to plan giving in. Because those that give, 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 the law of reciprocity just works in their favor and they get more in return. And that's not why you give, but dang it, that's the beautiful way the system works. So why not participate? So here's some real examples. Remember, save the first 10%, spend the next 25% on housing, spend the next 15% on driving or transportation, spend the next 10% on investing yourself, and the leftover 40% is on spending, living, and giving. Okay, so here's an example. If you make 60 grand a year gross as a household, meaning that's the high number, there's two people working in the house, each of you make 30 grand, that's $60,000. Your take-home is probably somewhere around $48,000 a year. Divided by 12 months, that's $4,000 a month take-home. So if you're making $60,000 gross, that's $5,000 gross per year, which means you're probably taking, I'm sorry, $5,000 gross per month, which means you're probably taking home about $4,000 gross in your paycheck. So based on that take-home paycheck, that take-home $4,000 per month, here's how you would budget. You save the first 10%. That's 400 bucks a month right away on automatic draft. Gets put into your Roth IRA or your your low index fee um, growth fund. Something simple. Now you might think $400 a month, that's not going to add up to much. But based on the 9 to 11%, and I'm going to use 9, I'm going to go low, that the low fee index funds have grown since the beginning of time that we've been tracking them. Through every up and every down, every boom, every bust, every bubble, they've averaged about 9 to 11% growth. So let's use 9%. If you put away $400 a month, your first 10%, for 35 years with compounding interest, that would be over a million dollars. Your $400 a month with compounding interest would be over a million. It'd be about a million $35,000 saved over 35 years. Now, you might hear that and be like, wow, I can't believe I could be a millionaire making just 60 grand a year household income. Or you might hear that and say, the hell am I going to do with a million dollars 35 years from now? That ain't nothing. Whichever side of the fence you're on, it's still a million dollars. And don't worry, I'm going to give some better examples later in case you make more or want to save more. So you save the first 10% of the four grand, that's 400 that goes into your future. Then you spend the next 25% on housing. 25% of $4,000 is a grand. So your rent, your mortgage cannot be over a grand a month. Then you drive up to 15% of your take-home budget. So that's up to $600 a month. Now you might hear this and be like, hey, I got a family. I need two cars. Well, I'm sorry. That means one has to be paid off and one can be maximum, you know, 500 bucks a month plus 100 bucks gas or 400 bucks a month plus 200 bucks gas in insurance. Then the next category You need to invest yourself so you keep growing into a leaner, meaner, badder income-producing machine. And that's 10%. So that's $400 a month or $4,800 a year you're going to spend on coaches and growing yourself. Then you live off the 40% leftover. And the leftover is $1,600 a month. This is where you're choosing which restaurants you go to, which hotels you stay at if you do. And I know I'm working with a pretty small budget here. I'll give a bigger one in, in a moment. But guys, this is reality. You save the first 10%, you spend the next 25% on housing, the next 15% on total transportation, the next 10% on investing in yourself, and then the leftover 40%, that's what you live life on. And that's where I used to get in trouble. I would spend, spend, spend. I was spending, uh, let me do the math in my head. Just roughly thinking back, I was spending probably 
about 25% of my take-home income, even though I had a huge take-home income on multiple cars, new cars I didn't need. And I was spending probably about 30% of my take-home income on building this big, beautiful home. Now, those don't sound too much higher than the categories I just gave you, but where I really went wrong, I didn't save the first 10%. I spent and I lived life and I experienced everything. And then I tried to save what was left over. And there wasn't much left over most months. So here's an example using the same categories if you're making twice what I just did. So I just said, hey, if you're making 60 grand a year, here's your example. Now here's your $120,000 a year example. The percentages are the same, but the math changes a little bit. If you're making 120 grand a year as a family, then that's $10,000 a month gross before taxes. After taxes, because you're going to be taxed a little bit more, that would be about $7,000 a month take home. A little bit less take home because you're paying a little bit more in taxes because you're earning a little bit more. So what would you do? Let's go right back to those categories. Out of the $7,000 net, the $7,000 take home, you're going to save the first 10% towards your future, $700 a month. Now check this out. Using the same 35 years we did before, this adds up to over $1.8 million. Just that few hundred dollars a month difference adds up to over $1.8 million in 35 years. Then you're going to spend the next 25% on housing. That's $1,750 a month for your rent or mortgage, all covered. Don't go above that. Then you're going to drive with the next 15%. And when I say drive with, that means all transportation, whether you're taking Ubers everywhere because you live in New York or whatever it might be. So that's 15% of $7,000. That's $1,050 a month. I don't care if you need two cars for the family, one car, you got to make it work. Then you invest yourself in yourself 10%. That's $700 a month or $8,400 a year on coaches and development. And you live off the 40% that's left over, the $2,800 a month that's left over. And consider giving 5 to 10% of that $2,800. That'd be $350 to $700 a month in your giving budget. I think I skipped over the giving budget in the $60,000 one. Giving 5 to 10% of the 40 grand, that, you know, that's 40% that's left over, that would be $200 to $400 a month in the $60,000 example. So now what if you're an entrepreneur? What if you're like, Chris, my income is not that steady. I can't quite predict that well. It doesn't change that much, believe it or not, once you know your categories. Here's what changes for all you entrepreneurs out there with what I call um, variable income. It's all over the place from month to month. You're going to do this budget first off of gross income in order to do the rest of the budget off of net income. Here's what I mean. We'll use the same $120,000 example, but instead, this time, instead of you being a W-2 employee, you're having consistent income, now you're working for yourself building a business. And you're earning about $120,000 a year. Sure, it might look like this. It might be 20 grand this month, five grand the next month, 10 grand the next month, zero the next. But you know, at the end of the year, based on your projections and based on what you're doing right now, you're going to make about 120 grand that year. Well, here's what it would look like. The very first 20% of every sale you make whether you just sell one course or whether you just did a big launch and brought in 40 grand. The first 20% goes into a tax account so that you can earn a little bit of interest on it and pay your taxes at the end of the year with it. Now, the good news is, as long as you have a decent accountant, now that you're building your own business, hopefully you don't have to pay 20% in taxes. But depending what state you live in and depending how good or not good your tax advisor is, 
The safest route you can go is putting 20% into a tax account right away out of every single sale. Let it sit there, earn some interest, pay your taxes out of that, and there's probably going to be a little bit left over in there. That becomes your cushion from year to year to year because trust me, you're going to need cushions. The next 20% of your gross income of every single uh, sale you make, every single launch you have, the next 20% goes into team, hiring, growth, things that are reinvesting in the business so that you can make more income over and over and over again. So now look, we've taken 40% right off the top of every one of your sales. And you might say, hey, that kind of sucks because now I'm only working with 60% that's left over. And I started a business so I could have more money. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, the truth is this. You might make the same as somebody with a salary, gross income. But until you have gotten to the point where you're not reinvesting in your business all the time, until you've gotten to that that tipping point where you are just printing money and you've hit your your big audacious goals, I'm sorry. This is the reality of it. You got to put your first 20% away for in your tax account and the next 20% away into building team and growing your business, Facebook ads, all that stuff. So if you're making $10,000 a month or 120 grand a year and you're self-employed, we've just taken $2,000 a month, put it in a tax account, $2,000 a month, put it into your team and growth account. And I know I'm saying per month, remember we're talking variable income. So I really mean per sale, per launch. Every dollar you bring in, 20% goes to your tax account, 20% goes to your team and growth. And then your budget is based on what's left over. And this is where I'm going to use just a one-month example. If you're self-employed and you made $10,000 this month and you put two grand in your tax account and two grand in your team account, then of the $6,000 left over, you're going to save the first 10%. So notice you're saving the net, not the gross, just like if you got a paycheck. That means 600 bucks is going in your, your Roth IRA or going in your self-directed 401k or going into your uh, um, low-fee index fund. And the next 25% of that six grand is going towards housing, up to $1,500 in housing. And you're going to drive on less than 15%. So that means up to $900 a month or that $10,000 a month is going to go into your transportation fund. And you're going to invest in yourself 10%. So if you made 10 grand that month, that means approximately $1,000. I'm sorry, six grand was left over. So 10% of six grand is 600 bucks is going to go into your self-investment account so that you can grow yourself, your coaches. And the leftover 40% of that six grand, 2,400 bucks is what you're going to do. You're spending, you're living, you're fun, you're eating, all of that off of. And you're going to consider giving five to 10% out of that leftover 40% in a strategic growth or a strategic giving fund. Because those who give, the world re- literally gives you back res- in the, the law of reciprocity, they give you more. So the whole point is this. Consuming more than you produce is guaranteed to get you in trouble. And you didn't need to listen to me for 18 minutes to learn that. You already know that. The more important point is that intentionally producing more than you consume and living with a plan will deliver you a heck of a life, a heck of a future, and a whole lot less stress. And so whether you're a W-2 employee with a paycheck or whether you are self-employed and your income's all over the place, you now know what categories 
to place your spending in, how to build your budget so that you can sleep at night knowing that you are taking care of your financial now and your financial future. And when that happens, you know what I say. When good people like you have good money, they can do great things. And that is my wish for you. Thank you so much for, li- uh, for listening. As always, you can go to thetruthaboutmoney.com to check out my course on how to behave and think differently with your money. The Money Principles does such an amazing job of repairing your relationship with money. And so you can take lessons like this, like the budget lesson, and you can go and apply it to the money principles. And the things that you will learn there are guaranteed to change your life. Go check it out. Thetruthaboutmoney.com. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.